1: Welcome back to the Off Speed Podcast. My name is Grace. I am your host of the Off Speed Podcast, a show where we slow down, we look at different sports around the world and other sports stories. This week, I'm very excited. We're chatting with my friend Melissa Woodward, and we're going to chat about the sports of Ultimate. Uh, We'll get into that in a bit. A big sports week, uh, uh, we have the nhl draft happened uh earlier uh this week and we are in the last uh, sort of uh, about to head into the weekend uh before the all-star break in the M O B. so the all-star uh teams uh were announced uh boy it seems like there's like a lot of players that got uh snubbed in a sense and perhaps it's just because there's a lot of good players at the moment but um yeah it seems um like there's a lot of players who maybe should have made it and still probably will, uh, make it due to injuries and things like that. And, uh, you know, manager submissions, uh, and the such, uh, interesting thing that they did this year where each, uh, each league got sort of like a legacy uh, player. Uh, In the NL, Albert Pujols gets uh, named to the All-Star Game. It should be kind of fun. In the AL, Miguel Cabrera gets named. Uh, Pujols also going to play in the Home Run Derby, which I think is kind of fun. I feel like sports should do a little bit uh, more than this. Pujols a little bit, uh, not even a little bit, pretty pretty past his prime, having sort of a a fun run at the end of uh, his career with Mike Bloom's St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, I'm sort of Delighted to see uh, Pujols playing the Home Run Derby. Pujols and Cabrera to, to get a spot uh, in the All Star Game. Kind of recognize them in probably both of their last uh, years in in the major leagues. So I don't know. I think it's uh I think it's fun. Um, we'll see. Um, yeah, let's uh, jump into the interview with uh, Melissa on the other side of things. We can chat a little bit uh, more about the week uh, of sports. But for now, let's jump into uh, let's get to know the world of ultimate. And we're back. I'm very excited to be joined by a friend of mine, host of YA, a Post Show Recaps patron uh, podcast, talking about YA uh, content, and the host of the Severance podcast with Joshua Garland, Dr. Manette. It's Dr. Melissa. Melissa, how are you
0: doing? Good, Grace. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. We're going to talk about sports. We're
0: going to uh, talk about sports. I know. Who right. would have thought uh, it still feels a bit imposter. Of me to be the one on here, but I do know a lot about, like, one particular sport.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I know, uh, one of the things we bonded over, actually, was uh, watching curling with people on the Posture Recaps page Discord and watching it, and people be like, what is that? And the two of us being like, that's a thing. That's that's called the button, you know? So, actually, we have, like, a lot of sports uh, uh, connective tissue. Uh, but you're here to talk about ultimate. Um, is it yeah. faux pas, ultimate frisbee? Because that's how people... Is it just that Frisbee was copyrighted and they're not allowed to call it Ultimate Frisbee? Is that where we should start?
0: Yeah. So, so Frisbee is a branded term. I've, yeah. I, yeah, whatever, you know, we'll it all started with people throwing pie dishes at each other, but, you yeah. know, somebody branded the word Frisbee. So we call it a, a disc, is kind of the, you know,
1: yeah,
0: uh, facial tissue version of, you know, to Kleenex, right? So, yes. Um, but I, I personally call it Frisbee all the time because that's, a word that people know if you say things like ultimate people start thinking about like ultimate fighting uh, and that is not a thing that i participate in on a regular basis
1: (laughs) oh no i've I've actually booked the wrong guest. we're here's like ultimate fighting championship melissa Uh shoot
0: yeah i know nothing about that um but yeah so i call it ultimate ultimate frisbee frisbee Mm -hmm. uh disc sports any you know it all works
1: yeah Yeah. uh yeah we're gonna talk about ultimate previously i think like you know colloquial ultimate frisbee but actually uh i I didn't do the thing that i normally do which is uh i like to get to know uh the guests or i like to let the audience i know you but i like to let (laughs) the audience know about the guest. and typically i like to do that by like what's your sports background uh you obviously uh play ultimate that's why you're 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 gonna enlighten us about ultimate but like as a kid did you play anything else Uh, are you a watcher of sports or is it like you just do it because you want to do it recreation recreationally um what's your sports history basically is the question
0: yeah I have a really like weird history with sports so I did soccer for one year and was really bad um mm-hmm. but I grew up in like a soccer family um okay. my like dad my dad was a soccer brother. ball
1: my mom was a soccer ball okay.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly okay. uh and I don't know like I'm Canadian like you are so hockey was everywhere and everywhere. um you know watched it all the time growing up as and, But I wasn't, like, I was a dancer growing up. That was my, like, uh, kind of athletic pursuit that I was yes. uh, really into. And I always enjoyed gym. And the, I, I had a lot of, um, because I was in French immersion in school, oh. our gym was uh, mixed gender versus, uh, for some reason, the English track had, like, single gender uh-huh. gym class. Uh-huh. And so it meant that I, like, actually got to play sports with The boys who wanted to play rather than like uh i would watch the i don't know like girls in high school sometimes are just a lot and so it was fun to be like oh i'm actually gonna go like play uh floor hockey or you know whatever we were doing at the time but and so i always like enjoyed it i just never felt like i was particularly good at it um and then i started playing ultimate the summer after i graduated high school and have basically never stopped and it's become my life obsession
1: Yes. Uh which is great. Everyone should have a life. I mean I think you have many life obsessions, but uh <laughs> as as we all. We are all our nuanced individuals. But yeah, Ultimate. Uh so my my experience with Ultimate is very like sporadic. I think we've probably played uh a bunch like in school, uh high elementary school and high school. Um and then probably a lot at camp as well. Um, but you're like in like uh actual competitive ultimate um obviously you know uh this conversation will be a little bit like uh, centered on like uh, you and your experience with ultimate um we'll like you know talk about world championships and things like that but um what's it sort of like the how did, when you got into it what does that mean getting into it when you started to play
0: yeah so my hometown had a rec league and so basically once a week people would meet up and play and this is Kind of the great thing about Ultimate is you really just need a grassy area and a frisbee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very low barrier to entry kind of sport. There's not a lot of equipment that you need. It's not expensive. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's super easy. And so people would just get together. And if, if we could get however many people we got, we kind of divided it into two teams and, and we just played every Sunday through the summer. And that's like most of the world plays wreck frisbee right like it's you sign up for a league um you know the um the vancouver ultimate league uh which is where i'm from is the largest league in north america west of ontario um and so, like, it's. Wow,
1: you had me at the first time. I was like, the largest league west of Ontario no. is like, yeah, well, Saskatchewan.
0: I guess. I, well, there's a whole state wait, below us. I'm talking North all America? of North America. Wow, America?
1: Yeah. you got California beat. Yeah, that is actually very good. It's still pretty impressive. good. We're, Texas,
0: we beat Seattle. Seattle's a big ultimate city. Seattle um, would be a big
1: ultimate city. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's. Uh, but there are, so there are these really massive rec leagues in most major cities, and then a lot of smaller cities have um, their own leagues as well. And people get together once a week and play a couple games and, uh, it's very chill. And then there's, you know, those of us that, uh, take things too far. and get
1: it. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I feel like most of my hobbies, I end up like, I'm like, I like to do this for fun. And then it's like me competing <laughs> against yeah. somebody and something. Um, so that's very, that's very relatable. I mean, I guess the other thing we should do is very quickly. I, I, I came in with the assumption that like, I think most people know what ultimate is but maybe they don't and I don't want to like exclude those people from this conversation there's lots of like I like to do when I have a new sport that I'm like chanting about on this thing so like we did hurling a few weeks ago there's lots of great like rules of hurling videos you could go watch I'm sure the same mm-hmm. is true for ultimate but like, you give like, this like the general breakdown I remember what I remember from school totally possible we were playing incorrectly um, and you know as, as is the case would be like no that's how you play in Ontario it's not how you play, <laughs> how you play in BC you know um, but like yeah just generally the rules of
0: ultimate Sure. So the rules are actually pretty well universal. Like I've gone Mm -hmm. to tournaments in I went to a tournament in Italy and I picked up on a pick like a pickup team. So it was just Mm -hmm. random players. So we played we had a team of people from Germany and Bahrain and uh, like literally all over the world. And we all were playing the same sport. So it doesn't actually differ. There's definitely uh, regional differences in terms of style in lots of different ways. Mm. But uh, it is. I will say the one big exception is gym classes around the world uh, because they play this like weird three-step rule uh, oh. where you get to hold on to the frisbee and then like take three steps. Oh, there's no not three-step rule. There's no three-step rule in frisbee. It's a oh, weird. I don't know much, why gym
1: classes do this. That makes more sense that you can't yeah. move, but uh, maybe if like you're bad, at least you get to run with it for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't frisbee
0: know. is is sort of this like funky amalgamation of a lot of other sports. And so each team generally uh, in standard Frisbee has seven players on each side, and you've got end zones like football, and you're trying to move the Frisbee from one end to the other and catch it in kind of the end zone on the opposite side of the field. When you catch the Frisbee, you can't uh, move with it. You, you have to stop kind of as quickly as possible uh, and establish your spot on the field, and then you are playing offense, passing it to each other. And then if uh, a turnover happens, so if a Frisbee is dropped or intercepted or goes out of bounds, then you immediately switch to playing defense. And then the other team is on offense, kind of like soccer in that way, where you kind of quickly go back and forth.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a lot of running. Uh, it's yeah. very, lots of like athletic, like jumping in the air and diving catches and like lots of really fun stuff there. Um, it's a very strategic Game In a lot of ways, there's lots of different. um, I actually had a friend compare it to rugby a while ago in terms of Mm -hmm. kind of all the strategy involved, because you can't because you have you can't move and you have to pass it to somebody else. It is literally impossible to score a point by yourself. Uh, there's no like Ooh. soccer star who like runs the disc or not the disc, the ball, like all the way down the field. You literally can't do that in Frisbee. <laughs> you need someone to catch it for you.
1: That's very interesting. You either need somebody yeah. to catch the Frisbee for you, or you need to be very good at throwing it. And uh, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like at the, at the end of the day, you cannot both throw it and catch it yourself. So right. you have to have somebody else involved. So you need uh, two
1: superstars. You
0: need two superstars at least. Yes. At least. yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's very
1: interesting yeah the three wow the three-step rule has blown my mind That that is not a real thing. it makes total <laughs> I know. sense this it is makes, my big yeah. psa
0: of the podcast is like oh, it's not yeah. a thing
1: Teachers, <laughs> it's really weird if you're listening you're setting your, your, your students up for failure when they want to play professional um i feel like uh the thing you were saying about how like you just went to a pickup game and then it gradually like you know you're looking for uh competition i, I think that the, the i mean I, I think there's a reason why like soccer slash football is like the most popular sport in the world is that like you you just kind of need a ball and that's it uh and in the sense you kind of just need a frisbee um and that's it and not that it's taken off in that same way but i can see how yeah you just pick up and obviously like these like rec games are seven on seven but yeah if you have four people you play two on two you know um that i i you know it's i will say i love baseball having a game of rec pick-up baseball. Very hard. It's very challenging. It's like, do I have 17 friends who can hang out with me? Uh is she, the answer is no. Um yeah. but or like uh, for, three yeah. is,
0: is like a very common uh um, right. like fun weekend, like three on three. Uh and we do it a lot at like my team practices a lot doing three on three because it's like a really good way of, you know, you can't hide when there's mm-hmm. only three of you on the field at the time. So um yeah, I would say like any as any number of, of people that you've got, you can make Frisbee happen.
1: Yeah, and you probably live, So you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably uh, good at the internet. <laughs> and so uh, looking up to see if there's any like rec local leagues um, in your area, I'm sure that there probably is, especially uh, at this time of uh, year, maybe a little bit late into the season, but you can see if you can find some games. Um, I'm really interested. I think like what was most is to me, as you said, that there's like these um, regional differences in, in the game, um, which I presume to be like, the strategy of, of, of the, mm-hmm. of the game. Um, can you like highlight an example of like, you know, your team, what do you think your t- I mean, not to give away to any teams that yeah. you'll be playing, but your no. team, like what do you think your team is particularly good at? Or is your like, or, or does that change from a, from game to game? You're like, Oh, we can't play this style. We're going to try to play this stuff. I'm just interested in the like strategy. of the game
0: For sure. So the strategy of the game is like part of, one of my favorite parts of the mm-hmm. whole thing of this is our sp- like this team that we're playing, they they've got this strength. So what do we do to try to combat that? And so, um, even something as uh, there's a bit of a West East Coast difference in terms Ooh. of um, the offensive strategy that we tend to play. So on the West Coast, uh, it's less windy over here, so we <laughs> tend to play what's called a horizontal offense. So the people that are doing a lot of the catching of the frisbee will line up horizontally across the field so that basically what they've done is they've given themselves space closer to the person with the frisbee to run to or further away. They can go for those really long runs down the field and they've, they, they've given themselves both of those options as opposed to on the East Coast where it's a little bit more windy. Uh, they line up vertically. So they run down the middle of the field and they give themselves the left side of the field and the right side of the field to run on. And so it, it, there's, it's a little bit, um, you're less reliant on being able to make those really big throws uh, and you kind of ultimate. And I think a lot of sports in general, but uh, I can only speak to ultimate is all about um, giving yourself options and taking away as defense, trying to take away certain options. So you can't take away everything. And so you have to make sure that on offense, you're giving yourself a couple different options and making the defense choose. Okay. I'm going to make it really hard for you to throw it nearby but it's going to be easier for you to throw it far away. But I'm hoping that, like, you know, maybe you don't get that throw. Maybe that throw is a bit you harder to You miss
1: somebody else. You one of your defensemen catches. Yeah, that will make sense to me. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, there's yeah.
0: differences like that. I would say there's also, like, national differences. So, um, like, if you ever get to watch a Japanese team play, mm-hmm. they are fast and, like, very quick throws. They don't go for these kind of big, gigantic throws all the way down the field that a lot of the kind of, Canadian and American teams love to do, they will throw it 30 times and it will be like precise and quick the whole way down. And you're like, their opponent is always like kind of caught flat footed trying to keep up with them. It's, it's very fun Frisbee to watch because they are just so good.
1: That is amazing. There's um recently I covered on um, poster recaps so uh winning time, which is uh uh based on the 1980s Los Angeles Lakers. And that not to the probably there's probably major differences, somebody smarter than me if you up, but like the idea behind like the Showtime Lakers was just like constantly like moving, being on the go like constantly, mm-hmm. um which sounds very similar. If you have like the stamina to to do that, that would be like the challenge, right? Of like the stamina yeah. uh to be able to like just keep playing like so fast. Um but uh that's really cool. I I like that. Um, yeah. Are there any other like weird? What's like you know? I want to know like it. Oh, those, those Dutch. They were, <laughs> you know, are there any other like regional differences?
0: Um, there there certainly are. There's definitely some um like some funky defenses that I think sometimes uh, you see from some of the um the European teams. The um just a a shout out that I love to make the Colombian women's team is yeah. unbelievable. um so they've got the there are two sisters the Cardenas sisters and they are like big names in women's ultimate because they are just unbelievably good uh and they have like them and like their whole team has really built up this like strong reputation it's a the team is called revolution it's the women's team out of columbia um and so it's i it's not that they necessarily have a different style it's just that it is like incredibly high quality frisbee it is very fun to watch they are like Kind of league of their, like, they're keeping up with the best, like, mm. the United States is the best in the world at Ultimate Frisbee, and they are keeping up and challenging those American teams uh, and making it really, really cool to watch.
1: Yeah, well, that's interesting. Has is, is it been pretty, like, uh, you know, if we're talking about, like, the reason, well, the timing of this is that you told me that uh, a little while ago, you're, like, World Championships coming up at the end of July, I believe. Yeah. Um, is that both men's and and women's, uh, world cha- like, separate, uh, two separate tournaments, so they happen at the same time?
0: So, uh, actually, this is like a great time to talk about mixed Frisbee. Yeah, let's so, do it. Uh, one, of the, one of the awesome things about Ultimate is that it happens both um, mixed and uh, single gender matching. So, right. uh, all three of those are happening July 23rd to 30th in Ohio. So, the best teams in the world have qualified for the World Ultimate Championships and are going there. So, yeah, Revolution will be there. Um can we back yeah. up once? I'll just, so when you say that the best teams in the world, how does, uh, how does, how did
1: that Colombian women's team, how did they qualify? Like, what yeah, did they so, win to be considered the best team from Colombia?
0: Yeah, in the world. at their own kind of national competition. Yeah. So um, we're sending, uh, I want to say six Canadian teams, and it was the top, uh, sorry, six Canadian women's teams. There's kind of mm-hmm. teams in each division. And it was, they, they were the top six at nationals last year. And so there's kind of world's qualifying years in which the different national competitions will uh, determine how many spots that they get and how many teams they get to send to these competitions. Uh,
1: does does Canada say always get six, or is it like there's a level of like Canada's given? You know what I mean? Does Canada yeah. always get? Yeah. Uh,
0: I believe it varies based on um, other kind of. Previous year's competitions and how well they did. Uh, So I think there's some sort of like strength bid allocation uh, as well as um, basically all of the Canadian teams will also play in the U.S. series. So they have competed against those American teams. So I do think that that's also factored in as well.
1: Okay, Uh, so that's how they get to, to, to the world championships and then it's the world championships coming up
0: yeah so uh end of july and then uh the cool thing is the following week at the beginning of august is the junior ultimate championship so this is the best um i believe they're all under 25 Mm -hmm. um but it's the best kind of um they might even be under 21 like they're and the junior ultimate scene is just like blowing up it's Ultimate is happening more and more in schools. There's kind of competitive teams. Kids join in the summer. uh, And it's also just like some very fun uh, frisbee to watch. They're maybe not always quite as kind of cool headed as the adults are, which it makes for some really amazing, you know, some games because they're very exciting. Uh, Is this in Ohio? It looks like
1: it's maybe in Poland. Is that true? Or is it? Uh, That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, wow, really worldwide. That's great.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and yeah. the Masters Championships just happened in Limerick, Ireland. So, like, frisbee's all over the world.
1: Again, you just you find frisbee, you play. It, yeah. That makes a ton of sense. It's very easy What's the format of the world championships is it just a straight knockout tournament is it a round ro- what's the, yeah what's the format
0: Yeah so they're uh pool divided they'll uh, round robin in their pool and then from there teams will kind of progress to a big bracket and it goes so they'll play each team will play two ish two to three games a day for a week and kind of progress that way
1: um, you were saying before, you're much more well-versed in the women's side. It sounds like Colombia has a ch- chance uh, to win. Uh, the United States uh, is a contender to win. Are there any other like contending teams? Does anybody else have a chance? Or is this, these like the two countries that are going to probably dominate?
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to say that Canada has a chance, but I just don't know that we do um, this year. So yeah. the best team in Canada, uh, arguably, this year is Toronto Sixers, uh, and they are... They'll be there as well as Vancouver traffic is the, the Vancouver team. There's some um, other Canadian teams going. It'll be interesting to see if Columbia can take it. Um, but it'll also be interesting because there are a number of really strong American teams kind of, you know, Seattle, San Francisco, Boston. Um, are so all- This isn't
1: every four year event, Am I because I think yeah. I believe on the right. Ooh, it looks like the twenty. 20- 18, there was some uh, Winnipeg uh, thing. But uh, yep. are they always it uh, in Cincinnati? Because you said this event is being held in Cincinnati, Ohio? Uh, no, it moves around. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, so it looks like in 2018, it was in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. There's only so
0: many places that have really big fields. So they That's do totally,
1: tend yeah, to Ohio. go back to the same place.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ohio, I'm going to. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, it looks like the teams that like suck the gold uh, SF Revolver, I'm assuming it's San Francisco Revolver, and Seattle yep. Riot, Seattle BFG. Uh, that makes a lot of. A uh, sense the revolution coming in second, perhaps hoping to win this year
0: that's fun. yeah, um there's a uh, Clapham is a great Britain men's team mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty good. You often get uh, some decent strength in mixed teams from smaller countries. The mixed division is really fun because often uh smaller countries that don't have quite the amount of ultimate scene, they don't have quite as many players of you know kind of men matching and women matching players. So then they'll form a mixed team. And so their mixed team is actually their strongest team. Right. Um, So that can be really fun to watch too. The the mixed division is, yeah, a bit more kind of from all over the place, which is cool.
1: We've chatted on the show with like different sports. I'm kind of interested in like the, the, a lot of like, I think our North America, you know, the sports that are really popular. So like institutionalized in a degree of like um, the athletes are professionals who get paid. Um, A lot of the sports we've been diving into where the athletes are, Presumably, like you, you have a job, and then you come yeah. and play uh, ultimate uh, when you you know, and you figure out how to fit that into your life. What's so you know talking about this revolution team? It's like really great. What sort of like the is there like a lifespan of like a, a the success of a team? Is that team like the revolution? Are they you know when these two systems like how is this team created? Like is it is it somebody who um are these just like people who've come together to like create this team or somebody like trying to build this team do you know what i'm asking do you get what i'm asking like, yeah the seattle Riot. like is that a team that will exist for forever or is this just like a team that's been created because people got together and created a team
0: yeah uh frisbee like i think a lot of sports lives and dies by the work of unpaid volunteers and oh, so it is say. yeah um so i think that it is definitely you know each year you sort of the previous team is like okay who's going to step up and run it the next year and and it you know requires people to step up and you know as someone who's captained a team before it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. um, lot of work yeah. but some of these teams have been around for decades right like we've yeah. got um i i you know i don't know for the american teams and so and and they go through changes yeah. right so yeah. um like the sixers is a fairly kind of within the last five or six years, but there was a team before whose name I'm totally blanking on that have now like evolved to become the Sixers. So that happens a lot, right? Where uh, a team has kind of existed and then they are like, well, we want to form this like slightly new identity. And so they form a new name and stuff. So there's certainly longevity within these teams. It's just depending on who steps up. I will say there is a whole like professional ultimate side as well that we like haven't touched on. Yeah, Yeah. So there are three professional leagues uh, currently in North America, I don't believe there's professional ultimate outside of North America right now. Um, if someone's listening and knows, like, please let me know. Yeah, but, I'm, uh, um, yeah,
1: correct us if we're wrong. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So in a nice um, way,
1: though, be nice about it. You know, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, the American Ultimate Disc League, the AUDL, uh, mm-hmm. the Women's Ultimate League, and or sorry, the Western it's Western Ultimate League, it's WUL. I forgot what the W stood for. It's the Western Ultimate League, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Premier Ultimate League. And so AUDL is for um, primarily men matching players. And then the W and the PUL leagues are for kind of uh, women and non binary players are welcome in those leagues. So all leagues where um, players are not paying to participate in the sport, they are making very little money, but they yeah, at least are not fair. shelling out thousands of dollars to kind of fly around to compete. Um, And yeah, again, like some really fun Frisbee. There was a a bit of drama a while ago with the AUDL. They sort of um, weren't as... There was a lot of... There's been a big gender equity movement in Ultimate Frisbee, and the Mm -hmm. AUDL was not uh, necessarily as supportive of that as a lot of people would have liked. And so kind of from that, we got these two kind of... uh, Four people who have been marginalized by gender uh playing in ultimate for for the wl and pul
1: okay uh wow a few leagues it's very interesting that like mm-hmm. uh there's more than one sort of professional uh league it's very interesting uh i feel like um nowadays like i i do like i wonder it feels so established that we have like our major you know at least in north america basically you know football hockey basketball baseball like the big four and i always wonder like could another sport like really break through um i always wonder whether something like that will just always sort of be like uh feel a little bit more like you think with like the rise of obviously the internet social media like how do you do you you know when you're like watching uh these games how do you are there ways to like check out some of these um you know games are you mostly like hearing about them how are you keeping tabs with Uh, the world of ultimate i guess
0: for sure so a lot of them are being are live streamed so if you uh youtube is the easiest place to find it um ulti world is the name of the kind of media company that covers a lot of ultimate frisbee but a lot of that is on uh on youtube so i was gonna say like the easiest way to watch some frisbee is to just youtube like w u c c For World Ultimate Club Championships, and so like currently, it's going to be all of the Masters games that are up there that have just been happening. But by the end of July, there's going to be those World games are going to be being streamed, and you can check them out. And uh, across all Mm -hmm. three gender divisions, there's going to be games happening and um, streamed games from all over the world. So that's usually how I, you know, I sort of read about it and follow it on Twitter, and then we'll kind of watch uh, a YouTube game as much as i can so looks like a lot I of need,
1: yeah the finals are are at least from 2018 are up on these uh on the uh on the on the channel there uh, looks For like sure. we could watch the uh men's final the men's final and the women's final so that's that's cool um yeah I, that's what i did, uh Aiden, we, were, we were watching when i get into her like he just watched me like finals games so like, yeah, yeah this is fun uh yeah it's cool um i want to talk about a unique thing in terms of um Ultimate, which is uh, what's known, I guess, as the spirit of the game. You get yeah. the spirit of the game.
0: Uh, yes, I. So ultimate frisbee is self refereed. Yeah. Uh, all the way up to the highest level. So these, um, like both the WUL and PUL, uh, don't have referees. These world games will not have referees. What they have is observers. So there is sort of this mechanic for kind of people who if players can't come to an agreement, there is sort of like a third person that they can reference. But the main uh, kind of rules of the game are upheld by the players themselves. And so you um, are kind of encouraged as a player to play fairly within the rules of the game. And, And that's sort of what this means by the spirit of the game is that you, when you step on the ultimate field, your goal is not to cheat and try to kind of win a game by breaking the rules it's by holding on to those rules and then kind of playing fairly uh with like sports personship within them and so mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't mean that like things don't happen and it you know in sure. some ways there are 14 referees on the field because everyone is able to make a call you know if you hit me and that you know that's the reason why I like am not able to throw the frisbee uh, I get to say okay that was a foul like and then if the person is able to agree or disagree, and there's kind of different rules for what happens depending on if we agree or if not. And it's, it's not uncommon for the answer to that to be like, yes, I did. Uh, you get to ma- try to make that throw again. Like, or right. this person, um, they would have caught that if I hadn't hit you. So they now get the frisbee. Like, it's not, um, the automatic answer isn't like, oh, it's better for me to disagree with you. So I'm going to disagree with you. It's, you know, and, and it does happen where someone's like oh i actually like i did but i think you'd already thrown it and that throw had been a problem before we hit each other like i don't think that was actually a consequential thing yeah um and so it's you know it's not uncommon for people to disagree but it's also not common for people to say like oh yeah that was you know that's my bad like you get to do that again
1: yeah and all, i guess also too there's a little bit of like if i like it um you know if i'm like no i didn't do no i didn't do that and i'm like uh disagreeing like I, I also want the benefit of the next time like the it's on the uh, is on the other foot right of like yeah. uh it, it, like i think you hit me like like if there's no you know uh, i think um it's very it's very interesting and i think like do you think like in your so you've played uh a bunch yeah. do you think it works do you think it were? and you i'm presuming you've played some stuff even just like uh you know whatever level of competition stuff where it is a little bit more like there's a referee and the referee is in charge like do you think one system works better than the other do you think the ultimate system of the spirit of the game works better
0: yeah like it's part of the reason why i love this game is because uh i think when you have a referee part of the instinct of those games is how to kind of get something past them or Mm -hmm. um you know it becomes this kind of contentious relationship and i think at the end of the day Uh, spirit of the game and ultimate is supposed to mean that at the end of the day it's a game and we are all going to um, play and you know try to be competitive like ultimate I think people mistake spirit of the game for the fact the sport is not competitive and I promise you it's like very competitive people get very invested in how they do and, and you know I've had those moments in a game where I'm like oh I yeah no and you know you feel that and you have to put that aside and you know make the call that is fair in that moment. And it's, um, yeah, I think that it makes the approach to the game one that is more open to kind of seeing your other opposing team as people and that like their enjoyment of the game is as important as your enjoyment of the game and their kind of physical safety on the field is as important as your physical safety and, Mm. um, you know, all that kind of stuff.
1: I like that a lot. It's funny to think that um, it, it's funny because I, I do feel like there is this um, idea in like any you know, a, a league that has uh, a referee, you know, I watch a lot of baseball. It's like often like, it's like almost like both teams against the umpire, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like funny where you're like, you're kind of removing this like adversarial component, but you're placing the control and not just like your actual your actual opponents the actual people you're like up against um but the rest of your team uh as well i, I really like it. i think it's like really i really like interesting uh and cool part that like would i think draw me to that i mean some of that probably is like uh logistics <laughs> like yeah I, if I already have to get like seven you know seven yeah. other people to come show up uh it's going to be tough to also find a referee uh so just from like you know, we can just play by ourselves, but I love that it's, like, it's moved all the way up to the, like, the highest level of the sport.
0: I think it's really yeah. cool. And it's part of why there was some contention with the AUDL when it was first formed, because it mm-hmm. did start with, as a ref, uh, and I believe still has oh. referees. Uh, and people were really against it, because it's not the spirit of what we, this game that we try to play. And it was very focused on it being a very, like, watchable uh Thing. It's it's been very focused on like okay what someone who doesn't play Ultimate who's trying to watch this and understand what's happening um, but you know there's this contention around making sure that we don't lose what makes Ultimate special in trying to broaden the scope of this game and that you know hopefully we're attracting the right people to this sport who see that and think it's cool and are interested in how that works because it does work I think is the thing that most people kind of wonder about I think they think it's just a bunch of you know hippies running around agreeing with each other all the time and that is a hundred percent not what happens
1: well i was gonna ask like how much do you think there's there is i think a bit of a of like yeah bro let's go throw the frisbee around you know like i feel like there is it does have that uh i think i also feel like there is like uh i think also it maybe has a reputation of like people who play ultimate there's a little bit of like um I don't know i feel like an unfair stigma about like it's kind of a silly get but like these people take it very seriously as well maybe yeah. uh as well. i feel like it can weirdly i think it can have both of those reputations at the same time do you think like this the reputation or the stigma like of ultimate is like is, is fair or generally like the spaces and obviously speaking to the spaces that you have engaged with and i would also assume that like if these are spaces you're continuing to engage with uh you don't dislike them uh yeah. but i'm wondering like yeah is, is that stigma like real is it like you know, are there parts of it that are real like I feel like it does have a little bit of this like hippie br- culture um that it's like more laid back, and maybe that's true, but that's also what people like love about it, right? So I'm just wondering how much of the yeah. rep of its reputation um is like maybe true and accurate.
0: yeah, so I play two very different kinds of frisbee okay um I have a team that I practice with twice a week, and we are training. To go to the Canadian Nationals in mm-hmm. August, and like yeah. we are taking things very seriously. we have matching jerseys, and um you know when you're at the field you're very focused and uh, kind of very engaged and and trying to play to the best of your ability and then there's like a whole side of Frisbee that is not that so I was at a tournament uh, recently called Sunbreak it's one of the biggest uh kind of just fun tournaments uh in north america and it's we had 60 teams all camping around the field and everyone is in costumes uh and you've got like massive like cardboard props that people have brought and there's dancing and there's like silly kind of spirit games at the end where someone's like oh you're gonna uh race around and pick up these things and now spin your head on a bat you know like kind of carnival like camp games you might play um there's a lot of camp games Yes, there's a long tradition uh, in frisbee of writing songs to your opponent. So changing charity songs and like changing the lyrics of songs to sing to your opponent after a game. Um, So there is this like weird side of ultimate. And because like, I love this sport because it gives me the chance to do both that I spend my summer half of the time going to very serious tournaments where I'm, you know, like, uh, very engaged and very focused and and then i you know have other tournaments where you know we're hanging on the sideline and you know we're still playing frisbee and um having a good time but it is definitely uh hanging out and uh kind of celebrating being with your friends out on a sunny day like often the bigger part of it and then there's you know the frisbee part is still fun but secondary
1: that's yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, like, yeah, you want both. Some people might want one uh and like have total I mean, don't really have yeah. disdain for the other, you know. Uh I think like uh sports should I think ultimately end of the day be fun. But what some people find fun is like super serious competition. For sure. Uh so uh yeah, that's that's cool. You can have you can have yeah. both. Uh and if you just wanted to have one, you could have one uh yeah.
0: over the other. That's really cool. And I cool. think that this it's funny because I think that this kind of reputation that Frisbee has for being kind of this like hippie liberal thing is the other reason that I really love it is because I think ultimate more so than a lot of sports right now is willing to have some really tough conversations around equity in sport. Um there's been uh you've probably heard me using the phrases men matching and women matching players and that's because Mm -hmm. in terms of um trans inclusion in sport a lot of frisbee uh currently is uh when you sign up you say okay are you do you match up against uh men or women and it's not you know what are you and what is your gender identity but like and so you know there's a lot of um you know, like high level, again, I, I, like know women's ultimate better than others, but there's like some really yeah. great trans women playing in ultimate, uh, leagues across the country. Um, there's a lot of push for kind of non-binary inclusion and, and different ways that we're trying to work with that. There's, um, Jenna Weiner is a really great follow on Twitter and talks a lot about, um, kind of, Trans inclusion in sports and how to how ultimate can continue to improve, and so um talking about kind of gender matching and the different ways that we can try to um keep things in a way that's kind of fun and enjoyable for people in a way that's as inclusive as possible and comfortable, I think we have other ways where we need to continue to grow. I think that like racial equity in sport is difficult, and it's something that because ultimate so much of it comes to come from the college scene in the U S and so mm-hmm. there's a level of like kind of privilege that comes from that. I think that yes. there's um, issues when spirit of the game then gets turned where um, players of color are often seen as being kind of less spirited than others. You know, this kind of uh, some of these like shitty racial stereotypes that can happen. So I think that there's, there does need to continue to be conversation around an improvement in terms of of racial equity in ultimate, but um, I think it's a conversation that people are having and kind of continuing to push towards. And, and again, like there's some really great, um, there's some really great people out there that are doing some really good work in running these leagues, running the PUL, for example. Um, I'm totally blanking on Penny's last name, but she's also a really good uh, Twitter follow that I can figure Penny out. Penny from ultimate. Um, Penny from ultimate. Honestly, yeah. that's probably all the information you need. The community's not that big. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, anyway, there's just, there's lots of, um, there's lots of people like not satisfied to say, you know what, like ultimate's a great time and everyone should feel welcome. It's like, okay, but people don't always feel welcome in sports. And how do we make sure that people can be more welcome in sports? And what do we have to do to make that?
1: Happen. Yeah, it's I think very time I don't I don't believe are you you're not a big brother person, right? I don't uh, I
0: I've watched I've watched okay, it. Yeah, I'm aware it. of the current I'm not currently yeah, watching. Boy. I'm aware of the current uh drama.
1: Yeah, and so I feel like uh I feel like what's happening there is like not uh much to like some of the stuff in which you're talking about in which like uh you know there are uh racial biases I think that people have that like are subconscious and you don't realize you're doing it. And I think the idea that like um uh like you know, if you place, uh, you know, with the spirit of the game role, if you place like enforcing the rules and, and the spirit and literally calling it the spirit of the game in the hands of everybody on the field, then, you know, you're everybody's, not everybody's, but like people's, you know, biases or like, um, you know, uh, subconscious behavior that you like, you're not realize you're doing it. And How do you, um, culturally, uh, like weed that out? Uh, you know, it's really, uh, challenging, but just because it's challenging doesn't mean um we shouldn't try to do it so i really respect your coming on being like um there's many ways in which like ultimate has this like very progressive uh culture into having some of these conversations that like you know elsewhere trans people are trying to be erased from sports and yet there are places like in the sport that you really love you know i'm a big baseball i've said this many times on this podcast big baseball fan and i think baseball has like a long way to go in terms of like there's a lot of like unwritten rules stuff which i think is like white men being like stop stop acting the way you want to you know it's just like it's all racist like undertone stuff that i like really hate and i want to figure out how like not me personally but like how does that culture change and so i think like you know it's just really interesting for you to come on and be like yeah ultimate is like not totally hasn't totally figured it out and has ways uh to go i think it's like uh just great um I want to, are there any like, uh, interesting like terms? Are they like, uh, like,
3: oh yeah, we stuff love that you, lingo.
1: Would, yeah, if you were saying, yeah, I feel like, yeah, you like the lingo. I feel like, uh, like, give me a sentence that I like wouldn't understand. And so I'll see if I maybe can figure it out.
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um,
1: uh, I know, I'll put you on the spot. I'll edit out all the like, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't have to have a sentence.
1: You can say any,
0: yeah, for, yeah, force home side to stop that flick huck.
1: Force homes, force that home side to stop that flip cup? Is that what you said? Flick, flick. huck. Flick huck. Yeah. Uh, I would assume. So, in this scenario, you're the away team. Is yeah. Force that home side. Yeah. And then, if, is like, is that like a flick huck? Is the frisbee going upside down? I've seen some people throw a frisbee upside down. Yeah,
0: you can throw a frisbee upside down. So, um, this is something for defense. Uh, And so a force, it it, kind of what I was saying earlier with Frisbee, uh, defense is very much about like taking away some options. Right. uh, But you can never take away all the options. So you're trying to make things hard. So a force is where you say, okay, we're going to make it really hard to throw to one side of the field and for the person who's on the person with the Frisbee. And then everybody else has to worry about the side of the the other side of the field. So you're kind of trying to work together to say like okay if if you make this part hard and i make this part hard then hopefully together this is hard so you stick a force on you say okay we're going to force you home side is usually just the side of the field where your bags are okay um, you know you do home in a way uh but it's just you know kind of where where people are standing and where people aren't standing usually um a flick is the throw that you do um if you are throwing uh so a, i think a backhand is a, is a throw that most people do when they throw a frisbee, um, and yeah. then a, a flick is sort of the other oh, option it. of it. So if yes. you kind of flip it over and not describe. I'm doing a lot of hand gesturing the grace because no one else can see. I know. Uh, I can, and then as soon, soon as you hand. did it, I,
1: like as soon as you were, like, I was like, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, the yeah. Like, little like a uh, side toss, you know, like yeah, uh, that just, other frisbee yeah. throw that yeah, some the, people yeah, know. the one of the two frisbee throws. <laughs> the yeah. other,
0: yeah, the other one. Um, flick. And then a huck is when you throw it really far. It's a really long yeah. throw.
1: Makes sense. That whole sentence, uh, we pro- probably many. Amer- we just assume we were just speaking Canadian. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sounds very Canadian as well. Like, I don't know what that would be in yeah. Canadian yeah. yeah. Uh, any other interesting? Any other terms I should know if I'm like gonna go, did, uh, to a game of pickup? Is there like something I should know?
0: Um. Oh, probably, probably a lot of things. Uh. So this defense, we've got kind of. We were talking about horizontal and vertical, so it's also yep. host stack and vert stack. Um, the, I assumed
1: earlier I see a lot of plays where the ones where like people dive and catch, and I thought when yeah. you said that's a horizontal play, I just assumed they like mostly played on people their being stomachs. horizontal yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah being horizontal so that's a layout so. when
0: you like dive and catch uh-huh. the frisbee um those are always very exciting um lots uh yeah, and then there's um yeah, lot, looking lots, at the, a lot of different yeah uh, frisbee.
1: There's a Callahan. So, yeah. Is
0: that a real thing? A ca- yeah. yeah. So a Callahan is, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's very amazing slash tragic when it happens. It's mm-hmm. if you are the offensive team, but you're actually in, you're, you're pushed so far back the field that you're close to the end zone where the opposing team is trying to score and you your throw gets intercepted okay. by someone on the other team. So they actually catch it in, their, in right. the end zone they're trying to score in, even though it was your throw. Um, so that it feels really good when you're the one who catches it. It's really savage yeah. if you're the one that yeah. like, this happens to.
1: And what about sure. a cup? I kept seeing things about a cup. There's,
0: yeah. There's, so there's... cup is in, uh, defense. So, uh, frisbee generally has two kind I think it's similar to I don't really know other sports. I shouldn't compare things, but, um, <laughs> um, it's sort of similar to, um, you can have this like kind of person on person defense. Or you can have more of a zone defense, which I think like you see a lot in basketball, where you're kind yes. of covering an area of the field rather than a specific person.
1: Football too is big. Like are you playing a zone defense or unfortunately like a man deep, man to man, but person to yeah. person. Yeah.
0: So this is the thing, is all of this lingo, uh, ultimate is making a really big push to make gender neutral words. So we say person, uh we Yeah, try anyway, yeah. we try to change all of this. It's 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 hard. Sometimes you still catch yourself. Man is a lot easier to quicker Mm -hmm. to say and sometimes when you're running down the field um but so a cup is when you're playing zone it's the people who the three of you usually will sort of run around after whoever has the frisbee uh and stay close to them and make it kind of hard to throw the field so uh this is a position i love to play because you just get to like run around after the person with the frisbee that's uh, for a while so yeah mm-hmm. it's pretty good versus like everyone downfield has like these whole big regions that they have to worry about and yes. uh, to me that's so much more stressful than just being like ah, I'm just going to run and <laughs> go after yeah. the person with the frisbee yeah. the other term you might see a lot on offense is you see handlers and cutters so these kind of two offensive positions so the cutters are the ones that run around trying to catch the frisbee and then the handlers are the ones that do most of the throwing so they're kind of the ones working uh the disc up the field, and then they're throwing to the people kind of running around in front of them, and you kind of approach the the score that way.
1: So. I was going to like a, it feels like a sport where there's not really positions. I mean, seven people; it's not that many people on your um, uh, team. Is it tr- like uh, is it more like you have a role to play in whatever type of like offensive or defensive whatever strategy you're you're, you're playing in, where you might have a role to play in that, or or is it really like? are there like set positions are you like you're really backline person you know
0: uh but it sort of depends i think the more competitive teams will have a bit more set roles and rec team yeah you kind of show up and fill in wherever you're you're needed wherever your kind of skill set is so so for example i'm a handler on my women's team I i do more of the throwing and less of the like running around but i'm also uh one of the oldest people on my team. So that it's partially uh, out of necessity. <laughs> We're getting but. to an
1: age where like it's so yeah. they'll be like, and and the you know the grizzled old veteran coming at, you know, you're yeah. like, hey, they're like 34. Come on. <laughs>
0: it's Crazy. Like, I am 15 <laughs> years older than the youngest person on my team.
1: Wow, that's many it's, years. It's that's a whole person's uh it's a whole, for, it's a whole
0: person's yeah. ultimate career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah some people are like how long have you been playing frisbee and i'm like almost longer than you've been alive
1: Yeah, wow. <laughs> and that is uh, a
0: painful
3: conversation to have
1: huh. well uh i'm glad you've been playing for that long because you get to come yeah. on uh, the astute podcast and enlighten us about yeah. ultimate i think it's really fun i i feel like uh there's, and i know uh, people
3: that play
0: yeah. into their 50s like wow. there's no um my hometown league we play uh i think our oldest person is 58 uh and our youngest is sixteen and like they all cool. play on the same teams. So Wow. Yeah. That's
1: right. Yeah, there's a, there's a league near me. I see them playing over at the sports fields uh down Rhyme and I'm always like, oh fun. And actually i just mostly think of you. <laughs> but uh I appreciate it coming out. Is there anything like any final, you know, uh, thoughts should be, you know, like me, if people have been like, you know, just go Google a local league near you, probably be able to find yeah. something. Uh, any advice for people who want to start playing Ultimate or watching Ultimate? I think you get, that's a perf- perfectly valid way to engage with the sport as well, to watch it and support it.
0: For sure. Um, I think that, yeah, like check it out. Uh, throw a game on. I think it's pretty, it's a pretty easy sport to, to follow, especially for people who have like a bit of, Sport experience, I think it's uh, very mm-hmm. akin to like bits of sports you'll recognize. Yeah. So I think that that makes it pretty easy to kind of just stick on and, and watch. And um, honestly, yeah, like if you have ultimate near you, uh, it's a super. It tends to be a really welcoming uh, community. I think because we are that bit small, there is that bit of the like, hey, come play our so thing instead of you. soccer. Like, please, <laughs> you know, please come check it out and love yes. this thing that we love. Yes. Um. And yeah, like, gosh, there's so many, like, it's such a weird sport in so many ways. Like, it's, it's a sport for weirdos, to be honest. Like, Love it. So many sports I go to were rocking the, like, bright neon colors and the fanny yeah. pack. There was the um, women's div team from Colorado, Molly Brown, got in trouble because they wore fake mustaches on an ESPN-streamed game <laughs> a few years back. <laughs> yes. um, and uh the, like, USA Ultimate was like, please pretend to be serious about this. Like, this is a very serious game. We have this deal with ESPN. Like, please do not do this. And they were like, I don't know. We've got these fake mustaches. Oh, like,
1: come on. Yeah. Come on, ESPN. Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, you know, it's, um, it, it's to me, it, this sport is so wonderfully unique in its, like, very serious, very competitive, very high quality athletic game while also sometimes just like refusing to take itself that seriously. I love I, that.
3: Yeah, it's very fun.
1: That's my jam. I'm like uh I feel like I'm a I can be a serious person, but I never really take things that like you know I'm always like kind of looking to for it to be a little bit less serious than it has to be. Uh that's me. So that, that's that's amazing. That's so fun. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you tell people where they can find you if they have, want to tweet you their ultimate questions. Uh, what else you got going on?
0: Sure, yeah. Follow me on Twitter, Melissa W28. Uh I basically Am either tweeting about Ultimate Frisbee or um TV and podcasts. So, you
1: know, <laughs> it's a freebie, maybe. And D D, yeah.
0: D&D, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, check out right now podcasting over on the post show recaps patron feed for YA with Kevin Mahadeo. Uh we're currently covering Harry Potter with Brooklyn Zed, but that's wrapping up and new exciting things on the horizon. Exciting. Previously covered Shining Girls with Grace. So yes. that's fun. Uh and otherwise watch grace and i playing dungeons and dragons over on twitch.tv slash dm philly we've got mm-hmm. uh dragonfly D in space as well as our humble year show which is cute woodland animals playing DD. so
1: i know this is uh this finish you wrapped up quite a while ago but if you didn't catch the severance uh bandwagon if you didn't catch the severance trend highly worth watching one of the best shows i think of 2022 and uh, melissa covered it with amanda and josh wigger and it's uh, the the show is great and the podcast so fun. Interviewed somebody from the show. So, yeah. uh, super fun. Yeah. So, thanks, great. Yeah, it was fun to do. Yeah. Well, people should know. Uh, yeah. It's never too late to go back to a pod. And, and I feel like people need to, like, there's going to be a big, like, I missed it and season two is coming back. So you might as well watch For it. For sure. Right.
0: Yeah. I, yeah i highly recommend it it's a very good show i uh I, f- I feel bad because i don't uh sing the praises of shining girls quite as much which we all is fun <laughs> but it severance really, is really good. good you should go watch. Yeah.
1: Severance. go watch severance yeah. yeah uh all right thanks for coming on melissa
0: yeah thanks so much
3: step into the world of power loyalty Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. daily bonuses are waiting. no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law eighteen plus terms and conditions apply. see website for details
1: all right welcome back. I thought that was a great interview with uh Melissa. Thanks for giving us some insight into the world of sport uh I want to talk a little bit about the the n h l draft i thought uh uh eventful uh night i i i thought uh, a couple nights with the draft um Boy, that Montreal crowd was really fun. Uh, I feel like, I I don't know. I feel like other sports maybe need to uh, figure out. I feel like football has it down. I guess maybe everybody except for baseball has it, has it figured out. Um, the Montreal crowd was, was so fun, uh, being in the, uh, in attendance, uh, hoping that Montreal would make some, some trades. I thought that was, uh, that was, that was, uh, delightful. Uh, Slavkovsky goes number one. In, in the draft uh Shane Wright looked to be sort of penciled in as the top uh prospect but uh no uh, Slavkovsky uh ends up uh going uh first uh overall uh to the Montreal Canadiens um yeah kind of a, su- a surprise and Shane Wright drops all the way to number 4 um uh the New Jersey Devils uh picking him uh picking him up so uh a little bit uh of a surprise uh there um yeah, boy, it's kind of a a, a fun uh, night. DeBrincat gets traded uh, from from the uh, the, uh, the Hawks, uh, uh, the Blackhawks, uh, over to the Ottawa Senators, and a move that the return probably could have been uh, a, a little bit uh, better on on that. Yeah, so I think draft night was was very fun. Uh, now free agency in full swing, uh, lots of deals happening. Uh, if you want to play Toronto Maple Leaf, bingo! The Maple Leafs uh, uh, make uh, a bit of a I don't know what to call it. I guess they do need a goaltender, but trade for Matt Murray, uh, who's not super great. Uh, they did get some picks along with Matt Murray, but um, I think a lot of people would hope that uh, Matt Murray is not perhaps the Toronto Maple believe, starting goaltender to look on the market, but it just doesn't seem like they have the cap room um, to be able uh, to to do it. But uh, yeah, lots of um, lots of fun stuff happening, uh, in the, uh, in, in the NHL free agency world. Um, we'll be back in a few weeks. Uh, should be an exciting time, exciting time for, for me, uh, as we will near the end of July, uh, right around the trade deadline. We'll do some trade deadline coverage, probably in the back half of the show. We'll cover, uh, another sport, uh, in a couple of, of weeks. So, uh, yeah, I am excited. I love transactions. So we'll chat about that. Uh, if you enjoyed today's show, you enjoy listening to me. I have lots of stuff going on over on Post Show Recaps covering the old man, covering Blackbird, what we do in the shadows and weekly movie coverage. Um, yeah, so uh, you can catch anything I'm doing on Twitter at Hive from Grace. Uh We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode of the Osprey Podcast. Until then, the podcast is over.